And welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. I'm Vince. And I'm here with my co-host, Stevie D. Stevie D. Uh, and, <clears throat> excuse me. And you have to deal, bear with me, dealing with a uh, little, you know, well, let me, let, let's start this off, Stevie D. So I, I headed for the great <laughs> Arctic that is known as Canada, uh, headed up to Canada for the NHL All-Star Game. I think I put a post out there, you know, when your season's over, you got to follow somebody on your team. So uh, Rasmus Dahlin was there. So I figured, yeah, let's let's go watch a little Rasmus Dahlin. Well, that was disappointing, too, because he really didn't do too much. So um, and then my Sabres played the a couple yesterday. And they stink. They just stink. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, in Toronto, Toronto was interesting, though, Stevie D. Uh, official word sports was. Uh, highly recognized up there, and I, I was surprised. Obviously, you know, I'm I'm sporting the OW Sports gear while I'm up there. Uh, it, but I have to give it to uh, the Canadians. Very knowledgeable on all sports, right? You, you think of Canada as being, you know, just this cold Arctic place that all they talk about is hockey and curling, right? Maybe a little CFL, Canadian Football League. But they know their sports. Uh, they 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 know their NFL, right? Guy one, they know baseball. I had one guy talking my ear off about Mantle and DiMaggio, and then you know all of a sudden brings it forward, and you know it, it, it was more than just Blue Jays. And you know when we started talking football, you know they they know what's going on, and you know I, it's funny because we think because it's our sport. Right. Hockey is Canada's sport, right? Or it used to be. But we think because the NFL is our sport that, that we know everything. And it was kind of refreshing listening to these guys talk because not, you know, you don't always have to agree. But to a man, they were like, enough of this analytics crap. And I was like, oh, look, words to my ears, right? right. Listen to that. And, you know, they, they just kept going in and talking about what teams should do and how teams in that nobody could understand why Dan Campbell kept rolling the dice. Nobody could understand why Baltimore only ran the ball six times or called six running plays. Right. Um, and, you know, they just listening to them. Uh, and, and maybe it was just a small group that I talked to. It happened to be the right group of people that I was talking to. But but to a man, you know, they, they were very knowledgeable and I was impressed. I really was. I, I, I was impressed. Um, and I will tell those here in the States, raise your game, raise your game. That's what we're here for. Right. Is to help you raise your game, help us raise our game. But raise your game because, you know, just like basketball has become an international sport. Understand that there are people outside these borders and, and they follow and they know what they're talking about. And it, it was refreshing, though, Stevie D. It really was. Uh, <clears throat> I kind of laughed because uh, we were at we were at a bar, and I, I was telling them they were like, "So, what's your podcast about?" I was like, "Well, you know, uh, you know, we talk sports." I said, "Yeah, it's me and my co-host Stevie D." And I said, "Honestly, how we got started? We're we're just a couple of guys who talk sports. It's almost like we're just sitting at the end of the bar." I kind of look around, kind of like we're doing right now. <laughs> at the end- at the end of the bar, just talking sports. 
And, you know, they, they kind of laughed and we just kind of went into it. And, you know, again, very good. So, you know, tip of the cap to, to our friends across the border. Uh, stay warm. I will, The other thing I'm going to say, if I'm going to go somewhere, right, that is known for cold and snow and ice and everything else, don't just give me the cold, right? <laughs> if I go there, give me the snow as well. Right. I You're felt crazy. like I got, I got cheated. Right. If, if I'm going to stand out in what they would call zero degrees Celsius, right, which is 32. But if I'm going to stand out there negative five Celsius, at least let me see some snow coming down. I, I, I felt like I got I got cheated. So but anyways, that's why the voice is a little rough. Right. Sitting up, sitting up in the, in the Arctic cold, you know, for a couple of days. Uh, it was a good time. Thank you to uh, the host, and I appreciate you uh, making that that trip available. And you know, overall, had a good time. the The one thing, and we're going to talk about this, uh, kind of doing a little general housekeeping here, CBD. Uh, we're going to talk in in one of our future shows how we talk about the Hall of Fame, and so you know, we'll get into that. Mainly, it's going to be about the NFL Hall of Fame. But I was very, very disappointed at the NHL Hall of Fame. NHL I couldn't believe the photos. Injury. I couldn't believe the photos you sent me. I'm like, that's the Hall of Fame. Like that is how you display Wayne Gretzky in the Hall of Fame as as his plaque or whatever you call it. Uh, I don't even yeah. know what you call it. Poster board. I don't know what you call it. It, it, it's bizarre. it really was. It, it was the most surreal experience because leading up to it, I was like, oh wow. You see the outside of the building. I'm like, oh, this is going to be nice, right? You walk in, you walk down this hallway to get in. And like they have these arches and stuff. I was like, oh, this is great, right? The architectural. And you walk in and you see some of the cases. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be just like Ken. And they're like, oh, you got to walk downstairs. And I'm like, oh, this is even better, right? And you walk in there like, this is it, right? <laughs> what, what am I missing? And, and I swear to you, Stevie D, they had a lot of different hallways to get to different areas. And each time I walked down a hallway, I kept thinking, here, here it comes, right? And then I walked, you know, it wasn't there. And then I walked down another hallway, here it comes. And no, it wasn't there. And it just time after time, I, I kept holding out hope. Seeing where the cup was, that that was nice, right? And they had it kind of roped off and everybody could get up there and, and look at the Stanley Cup. I thought that was that was cool. They had all, all the other uh, trophies that were around there. But overall, you know, they're, they're close to getting an F from me in, in, in everything. It just – it was poor. They did have something. I know you would have loved it. I know you would have loved it. They had kind of like a VR type um, – yeah. So you actually were given a goalie stick, a waffle glove, and a catching glove, right, and – I don't know if you got a mask. Anyways, you sit in front of a board. You stand, and there's a wall probably about 10 feet away from you. And they have a video that's streaming to the wall. And so the, you have the, the players coming down the ice in front of you. And then they have five holes, right? And they're scattered throughout this wall. And as the play comes, the play goes towards one of those holes. And then a puck comes out at you. And you're standing in front of a goal net. You have to make the save. You legitimately have to make the save. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. 
right? And then on, on the other side of it, which was a little less fun, was uh, you were a shooter and you shot into a net and they had a goalie that was there. Uh, and basically you're just shooting at a wall to see if you could score. I, I like the goalie one because it, it was full action, right? Where was, where was the uh, enforcer section? Well, you got to pretend you're Ty Domi or, or Probert or Brown or, you know, Bumgarner or whatever the case may be from back in the day, right? And you can pretend you're an enforcer. I'm glad you asked that. Ooh. That was up by the Stanley Cup where this guy kept bumping into me oh. and I was ready to go. <laughs> I was absolutely ready to go, right? I looked at him the second time. I'm like, ready to pull the shirt over his head and then start hitting with it. But none of that, none of that happened. I, I, I was ready for that one. So, but overall, you know, uh, it, it's something you can mark off the bucket list, right? Yeah. But again, very disappointed. Uh, maybe OW Sports actually takes a trip to Canton. I know I've been there. Not sure if you've been there yet. I was supposed uh, to go uh, this oh, year, and then right. uh, we had to cancel because they're uh, rich. So, But it, it's definitely Canton as far as the Hall of Fame. Uh, I haven't been to Cooperstown, uh, and, and I hope when it's I It's been a long time. It's been a long time since I've been to Cooperstown. I think it was like 13 or 14 and we went in the winter time, my dad and I, and, and, uh, um, for me at that age, I couldn't necessarily appreciate the hall of fame, uh -huh. um, because players that I watch are watching were not there yet. So now I think I'd get more appreciation out of hall of fame because the, well, not all the players that I've seen play are in the hall of fame. Um, but, uh, it, it's, you know, I would get more out of it. Like there was like this place for like Ricky Henderson because of his stolen base uh, records, right? So it was kind of cool to see that. So there were certain players that uh, Pete Rose uh, had his bat and all that stuff from the hits. So there were certain people I watched as a kid that had certain sections in the Hall of Fame where they had their jersey or their cleats because they did something special. Um, but uh, um, and I got the soundtrack right. I mean center field and. They say, hey, kid, right? Uh, the Willie Mays song, right? So, um, Willie would, would, Nick, you, would you like to perform a rendition for our listeners? You know, I, I, I see time and place, time and place. Yeah, I would if this was filled with maybe my favorite cocktail, you know, <laughs> maybe right before the end, I would serenade everybody before we got off and, and Willie, Mickey, and the Duke, uh, you know. All right, I see you, I see you. All right, well. With, with that being said, uh, this is our Super Bowl edition. Uh, I can't call it the Super Bowl. This is this is our exhibition game. You, you know, and, and it goes around. You, you're not allowed, I guess, because of licensing rights to say Super Bowl. So that's why uh, on on our post I put exhibition game. But you know, I think we're 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 going to be rebels here, Stevie D, because I'm going to forget way too much. So let's just talk about the Super Bowl. Uh, the super game. We're we'll called the super the, game. Super game. Oh, okay. Uh, well, it, it, big Ken throwing that out there. <laughs> you, you, you know, I, I guess right now, and I can't say anything against it. I guess it is the chief in, invitational. Um, it, it's I love it. It's an I, interesting matchup. Yeah. Because, um, I would venture to say, obviously, a lot of the betting money was on Baltimore coming in. Um, 
but I would venture to say at least midway through this season that everybody had their money on the San Francisco 49ers who nope. made it and did not have their money on the Kansas City Chiefs. If, if you want to talk about um, and, and we'll just use it as a time to where they were most vulnerable. Uh, people looked at the Chiefs as being most vulnerable this year, right? Um, they were suspect and still are suspect at the wide receiver position. Travis Kelsey wasn't having his best year, right? Um, you had injuries to Pacheco, who ended up coming back, but you had injuries there. And the only thing holding them together besides Andy Reid was that defense. But you figured you're, you're, they're going to have to put up some points. And somehow, some way, they made it through, right? I, I'm not, I'm not going to speak of my bills as in, in a salty manner, right? Um, congratulations to the Chiefs for getting there, right? But I, I think that they are, first of all, they're the, they're the champs, right? And when you want to get somewhere, you have got to knock down the champs. You, you cannot try to go to the judges or go to the scorecard yeah. and, and get a victory. And I look at the Buffalo Bills. You know, we had our shot. We were injured, sure. But if you want to be there, you've got to find a way. And we couldn't find a way, right? So kudos for them for winning that, that divisional game. When they went to Baltimore, you had your shot, Baltimore. Everything was in place, right? You got Mark Andrews back, who, you know, besides Jackson was, you know, their key piece. And even with that, Somehow, they had a brain cramp, a brain freeze, and decided that they weren't going to play their game. And Kansas City took it right to you. And they find their way, right? They found a way. They're a champion, and they find their way. So that, that's what I think that's the, the key there, right? They're a champion, and they find their way. And, and when you're battle-tested like that, you have multiple Super Bowls. I mean, they've been to three, right? one, two of them, right? They've seen every scenario, been in different scenarios. Uh, they've played from coming from behind, right? Early in Mahomes' career, they had some games against, I remember Houston, they were up losing by 24 at home. So they know how to come back and win in playoff games. So they've done, they've gone through every scenario that you can imagine. And uh, and so it's hard to beat teams that way that, that know how to win. They just know how to win. And that's what the Chiefs are right now when you have – Patrick Mahomes, you know you're always in the game, even when you it may seem that you're out of it. You you just can't count the man out. His his hunger and thirst to win um, and perform um, it doesn't face him. There is no scenario that phases that young man. So, um, and that's why I think that's going to be one of the biggest hurdles for the 49ers this weekend. Is even if you're up, they were up how many years ago and they couldn't hold it. Right? How do you if you're in that ability? How do you hold them back? Because Superman, you know, shows up. He does. But, you know, and I guess that that's a great question, and, and let's just jump into it, right? We can play a lot of the what-if scenarios and, and try to predict, project what's going to happen. I look at the 49ers. They're a different dynamic now than they were before, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that all starts because of CMC. McCaffrey is, to me, is and will be the difference maker in this game. Um, he dual threat, right? McCaffrey could be, I, I think I heard somewhere, you know, one of his teammates say that if he wanted to be a wide receiver, 
he could be an all pro wide receiver, right? He's just that good. He's special, right? Once he got out of Carolina and got rid of that, that injury infested Car- Carolina is going, especially with Tepper as the owner, Carolina is going into the same, same league as, as the Tennessee Titans, right? The, where you start calling it the cesspool, right? <laughs> but once it, cause once he got out of there, it was like a second life, right? And now you see, yes, yes. And you're seeing a kid that, that was at Stanford that was just going crazy. And there's a, you know, high school and, and all those things. And now he's at San Francisco and maybe it's because he realizes that he has the opportunity now with this team. Uh, but, you know, he could do it all, right? The, the Swiss Army knife, if you want to call him that, he could do it all. Um, I think he's so fun to watch. Um, and he will he will be the one to dictate the game. As long as Kyle calls the right game plan, he will be the one. Because, Stevie D, think about it. When Kansas City played Buffalo, first half, you had Buffalo, not Josh Allen, but you had Buffalo uh, with Cook and Johnson that were just running the ball all over the place on the Chiefs, which is their Achilles heel right now this year, right? That's their Achilles heel. And it was Steve Spagnola, the, the D.C. there, that had to make a change, had to figure out something. Andy Reid's like, Steve, figure it out, right? And what, what did he do? He threw eight in the box. And when he threw eight in the box, right, then all of a sudden you had a lot of run blitzes, you had – a lot of support, and all of a sudden, those, those runs of four or five, six yards that the Bills were getting were turning into either no gain or negative yards. Well, Baltimore, again, screwed up there because they, they didn't take advantage of that. But when you look at San Francisco, right, if Spagnola decides to do that, what he's going to do then is leave it open for Debo Samuels, Brandon Ayuk, and, and – Kittles. Yeah. So now all of a sudden you, you, it's feast or famine and and either way, those guys can beat you. It's really something that, you know, from my perspective where I look at CMC as being um, the difference maker in in this whole thing. So, so (laughs) Ken is saying, you know, that, that he has two weeks uh, and that he had two weeks to stop an undefeated Brady. Sure, sure, uh, but you you know again, I, I look at when you talk about the difference maker, that difference maker is going to be CMC and what he can do because he's so versatile. His versatility impacts you not only with the run game, not only with the pass game, but the screen game, and. You know, you're going to have to focus on this guy. He's going to require that spy, quote unquote, that spy. Stevie D, your thoughts? Well, um, you know, Ken, I'm sure you're going to put it up here in a second, but, you know, Ken, Ken has a uh, an interesting, right? Ken, Ken Purdy make those reads. He's going up against the top defense. Stevie D. Ah, mom's in the house. What's up, mom? Um, How you doing, Mrs. Yeah. D? Um. Look, I think Spags is very talented, and he's got talented uh, players around him that makes him even more dangerous. Um, I, you know, when you take a talented coordinator and you give him talented players, whoo, they can really come up. And and I think every test that uh, the Chiefs have had, they they've passed. So it is going to be interesting what Brock Purdy will do and how he will read that defense. Um, 
I do think, though, the 49ers offensive line is pretty darn good, right? So I'm curious to see what Kalop uh, – uh, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, the kid out of Purdue, Kaloftis, um, George, and Chris Jones, what, what the, they're going to be able to dial up. Can they bring the pressure without the blitz? Um, and then if you have to bring the – if to get pressure, you have to bring a lot of blitzes, you know, how does, you know, Purdy find his his receivers, you know, with their with their hot routes and stuff like that? Um, and combat I think it's going to be a really good battle. I really like to see the Chiefs defense against the 49ers because, again, what you said about CMC is so true is that you have to stop him. You can't play a normal, well, I'll just let my front line be- beat you, right? So if you're going to sneak up some players to try and take the runaway, you know, do they then mix it up and, and, and take advantage of, of, of the secondary because you have more people, uh, you know, coming up at the line of scrimmage to stop it. So, Look, Debo Samuel, he's also a difference maker. And he's now getting healthy because he was a, he was getting healthy in the NFC Championship game. Now you gave him two weeks, and now he's going to be fully healthy. I mean, Kittle, I mean, he's, what, 1B in tight ends in the NFL behind Kelsey? I'm really looking forward to this matchup. I think it's going to be a, a great football game um, at uh, – Chiefs offense, I'm a little nervous. I am a little nervous with the Chiefs offense against this defense. I don't like the Chiefs offensive line. I, I truly don't. I don't like your tackles at all. Um, and I'm curious to see what Joey Bosa is going to be able to feast on on uh, Jawan Taylor. I think that's going to be an interesting uh, matchup there. And, um, again, my focus is Travis Kelsey. That's the, the book, right, Bill Belichick. I'm going to take away your number one weapon and see if you can beat me. Hey, John. Go, Johnny. Um, it's John from the hangout spot. Um, and uh, it's like, if I'm Belichick, I zero in. If I'm Belichick, if I am, if I'm the 49ers, I, I key in on Travis Kelsey and, and force Mahomes to go to his other weapons and see if those other weapons can beat me. Because I'm going to say, no, they can't. Now, I like Rice. I think Rice has been a, a great uh, draft pick uh, uh, for, the, for, the, for the Chiefs, and, and maybe they'll leverage him a little bit more if, if Kelsey, but I'm taking Kelsey away. That offense starts and goes with Kelsey, and I, I'm taking him away. That, that's my game plan if I'm on defense. So, Stevie D, are, are you looking at a high-scoring game? No. No, I don't think it's going to be. I think the defenses are going to rule the roost here. Um, and uh, I can see another type of AFC championship type game, 17 to 10. I, I do. I, I see low scoring, 17, 13. You know, whatever whatever my Super Bowl boxes end up, that's what I'm hoping for. So, you know, at the end of the day, that, that that's so, what I'm hoping for. So I'm going to say something that's going to ruffle Chiefs fans. Oh, God. Okay, well, any, anything ruffles Chiefs fans, right? You say hello. Say it's cold. They get all, no, it's hot. It's hot here. No, it's cold. You know, anything you say, they, they get upset. But those thoughts are Vince's thoughts and those thoughts alone. I still have to live in this city, right? <laughs> don't give me shot. I don't want my tires with holes or my car keyed. You know? yeah, they, they, they've become Patriot fans, right? That, that's that's what they are, right? Just, Again, just... his thoughts are his thoughts alone, although I don't entirely disagree in some areas. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, sure. in, in, in all fairness, I do think that the run ends for 
the Chiefs coming up. Um, I, I I just see the ability for the 49ers, their versatility all over the field, right? You mentioned Debo. Uh, you have Brandon Ayuk. Um, you know, for say what you will about Purdy. I like this kid, and I'll tell you why I like him, Stevie D. Is because he was the kid that was told that he couldn't, right? He he was he's Mister Irrelevant, right? It doesn't matter that you were Mister Irrelevant; you were still drafted. It doesn't matter, right? You look at Tom Brady, a six round draft pick. I mean, you you can go down the list, but he he has shrugged off all of that, right? He came to a team that had who Garoppolo and Trey Lance, right, and and then Sam, they brought in Sam Darnold, right? Because they they just didn't have a whole lot of trust. But he's defied all of the critics, and they still keep coming at him. Now they say, "Well, you're a game manager." Doesn't matter. I'm putting up W's. Aren't, aren't all quarterbacks part of that game management? You got to know down and distance, time on the clock, when to milk the clock, when to go for the job. I I just I don't like that line as a game manager. Your quarterback has to be is absolutely a game manager. That's absolutely. what I'm paying them to do. They got to know every scenario. So I, I hate that line. I I, I don't disagree. With Use that as a derogatory uh, comment towards quarterback. Because they they want you know they look at the Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allen's, you know the Aaron Rodgers. They look at these quarterbacks. Do do you match up to them? Well, he may not look like them, right. but let me tell you, his results are just as good, if not better, than all the names, right? Because he's getting W's, right? Don't don't get worried, Kansas City Chief fan. I'm not saying anything bad about Mahomes, but what I'm saying is that he's putting up numbers, right? He's getting the job done. The unfortunate thing for them a year ago, right, suffered that injury, right? Yeah. And it, it, it took him out, but he's even better. He sees it. We're not talking about a rookie quarterback. And when you put the weapons around a quarterback, it helps elevate his game. Look sure. at what look at what Mahomes went through this year, right? Mahomes threw for forty two hundred yards, fourteen picks, twenty seven touchdowns. That that doesn't sound like uh, the typical Patrick Mahomes that we know, right? Are we calling Mahomes a game manager? No, we're saying what's wrong. Well, what's wrong is that. I have to throw to Tony, who can't catch the ball. I have to throw to MVS, who decides he's going to drop the ball, right? The only person I can throw to Kelsey, and he was dropping the ball sometimes, right? My guys weren't catching the ball, so they made the excuse for Mahomes. But really, it's not the excuse. It's reality. And look at Purdy, right? He's the benefactor of having guys on the field to help him. So all quarterbacks need to have the talent around them in order to put up the numbers. Purdy, Purdy and I'm not, I'm not riding the Purdy train. I'm not. I'm just, you know, what I'm seeing, I'm respecting his game. I'm respecting what he has done on the field this year. And, uh, you know, I think there are some, some situations where he could be a little vulnerable. Unfortunately, in this climate control game that they're going to play in, He's not going to have those elements that that are kind of like his Achilles heel, right? So he's going to be able to throw the ball around. Go ahead. You know, you know Purdy. You you talked about his draft, Mister Irrelevant, and I can't. I don't know who to give credit to on this because I I didn't say it or come up with it. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where you're drafted. When your number gets called, 
it, it doesn't matter where you are in the draft position. Your, your job is to get the job done. They drafted you and they paid you. And your job when you get called on is going and get it done. And he was able to do that. I think what also helped Brock is that he was able to sit for X amount of weeks and, and learn a little bit of the system, right? Uh, oh, they definitely got the benefit of that, right? Which well, is very well, helpful. No, they well, don't. Why? No, they don't. Why? He's not getting the, he, he was in the seventh round. He doesn't get the benefit of the first round. He doesn't no, get no, no. I mean, you're paying the rookie money. Like, you're paying them, what, a million dollars to play quarterback? Oh, sure. sure. Yeah, I think that's what Ken was meaning. Because uh, you don't get the fifth-year option. On you him. don't. You don't. Right. And I think he. I think he's on a three-year deal, which now, if he's on a three-year deal in his second one and he's taking you to the NFC Championship game and now he's taking you to the Super Bowl, oh, boy, right. got to pay a little earlier than you expected. He'll be moving out of the uh, the, the RV. <laughs> be moving on over that contract status. But uh, with, with Purdy, again, you get your number called. That's it. Nobody really cares where, where you're getting drafted. Can we reverse that, Mrs. D? Can, can we just reverse it? We, we, we can go first, and then the Jets can see how we handle things, and then they can go. Oh, you know what? She'll probably now change it. Don't you dare change it, Mom. Don't you dare change it. Do not fall to peer pressure. Remember what you told me growing up. Don't fall to peer pressure. Don't fall for it. I know what he's trying to do. Ooh, I got to tell you something about peer pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I don't know who said that line about uh, of your numbers gotten called. I just I, – I do believe that. At the end of the day, your number is called and you go. And think about this. He's played less than 34 games, two years in the NFL, less than 34 points, 34 games. And look at all he's accomplished. And people, again, try and tearing this guy down. Like, look at what this – I don't care that he's got a line. I don't care he's got weapons. You still got to do it, and he's doing it. Right? What do we say? You can only play with the games that are in front of you. And if you win the games that are in front of you and they're still knocking you, what more can you do? You, you know why they tear him down or they try to tear him down? Because two years ago, when they were looking at the draft board, he wasn't on their draft board. So when these talking heads sit in front of a microphone, sit in front of a camera and say, you know, I'm going to tell you, Josh Rosen is the best quarterback coming out in this year's draft. Or Sam Darnold is the greatest quarterback. When that doesn't happen and you get a guy who is drafted, you know, as Mr. Irrelevant and he starts to shine that they didn't have on their radar. They can't afford to have him be successful because then people are going to say, well, CBD, how come you didn't say anything about right. this guy? Right. So they try to tear him down and, and you hear all the negative things. No, um, but back to your point. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, points over. Well taken. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, the, when you look at the quarterback matchup, right, you, you have, you have uh, the celebrated and heralded, Patrick Mahomes going up against, you know, it's almost like Rocky, right? You, you got, and I use that because we lost Apollo Creed, you know, this week. So, um, but, you know, Rocky says there would be no Rocky without Apollo. And that's really what it was, right? You, you have Patrick Mahomes, who's kind of like Apollo Creed, and you have, you know, the, the unknown, unheralded Brock Purdy, who, you know, is the Rocky Balboa. So I, I like that that comparison in, in, you know, everybody is rooting for, I think that you, you have a lot of people that are rooting for San Francisco, A, because of the Brock Purdy story, 
which if you're in for tear jerkers and the emotional stories, get your popcorn early on Sunday. Cause you know, probably around 10, 15, 10, 20, they're going to start with all these, you know, sobby stories. Oh, here he was as a two year old wearing a San Francisco 49ers shirt, right? Went to his first game. He, you know, went to Iowa state and all, all this stuff, but um, you know, it, it's going to be fun. It'll be interesting there. Stevie D, I do want to talk about some of the other things with the Super Bowl, but let's just jump right into it. Here's my, here's my question for you. Taylor Swift is in Japan. Does she make it to Vegas in time? Yes. Oh, that ooh, you, you said yeah. that with conviction. Yeah, well, I got the prop bet, so I need her to be there so I can win. <laughs> Now, now, in that prop bet, do you have that uh, Travis Kelsey will propose to tra- uh, Taylor Swift? Oh, I didn't even think about that one. No, I don't think he'll do it there. I don't think right. he'll do it there. He's not that would be hilarious there. if he did, though. Well, you, you remember the – you remember the, That would be hilarious. I think it was the Boise State-Oklahoma game when I – think, I think the guy's name was Ian Johnson. They did, they did the Statue of Liberty play to beat Oklahoma in overtime. I forget what bowl game it was. Did the Statue of Liberty play. He runs it in. They upset. Nobody expected Boise State to beat Oklahoma. All of a sudden, the cameras zoom after the game. There he is on his knee proposing to his girlfriend, who was a cheerleader at the time. Could we see the same thing except for Taylor coming down, giving Travis a big hug, a kiss. Travis looks over to one of the guys. They give him the box, and he breaks down. Could you see that? Yeah, I could. I could. I don't think it'll happen. Does Travis retire after this game? Especially no. Especially with the victory. What about Andy Reid? No. When, Although when his answer what? this week was a little bit different. He says time and place, time and place. So that was interesting. So is the time How can place? Andy Reid retire when he's got Patrick Mo- I just – why? Why? You can – you can add so much more to your resume unless See, he just feels like there's nothing left to prove. Unless he just feels that way. Top? Go out on top? I can go out on top maybe next year or the year after. Right, 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 Ken? Right? Well, I guess, you know, what What does he have left to prove? Right? Is he a Hall of Fame coach? Yes. Have you won Super Bowls? Or have you won exhibition games? Yes. Will you catch Don Shula? No. No, well, I don't know his age. When you calculate it with Mahomes there, he could probably catch him as long as Mahomes was there. It would take a long ride. They'd have to if ride. He, it if up. he retired, Kansas City, you might as well pack that one up because players are going to start leaving. It's not going to be the same. You better hope and pray Andy Reid stays. Oh, that's a big shot. It is, but I, I think people know that in the, the back of their mind. Yeah. Come on, Ken, tell the truth. You feel that way. Who are they going to bring? Who are they going to bring? Stuff out there. Yes, uh, yes. The the cap, the cap. But right now they're in, they're in good shape with the cap, right? Um, but not like some other teams that we're going to get into shortly. <laughs> <laughs> if you see I, a grown man crying on the podcast. Oof, it's not gonna I, be great. I, I almost have to retract the statement, right? Again, unlike some of these talking heads that we see, you know, whether it be on 
and CBS or Fox or ESPN or what have you, you know, that always say whatever they want you to hear, right? Mm -hmm. And never actually go back or, or admit to when they were wrong. I may have to say, Brandon Bean, I was wrong on that. I gave him so many kudos. You know, last year's show, shows before that, GM of the year. Well, you did a little cloak and dagger, right? That that was revealed. That, that hurts. So, anyways, um, you know, we, we want to put a bow on this one. Um, CBD, I'm very, very, I don't know how, I don't know how to put it. Because I'm not sure if it's because of my bills or the fact that this is the last game of the season. So, I, I don't know. Um, I do know that it seems like yesterday when you and I were talking and saying, Oh my goodness, it's only two weeks away until the season starts, right? Or, or, you know, we were looking at the draft and getting so excited. And now we are here where we have gone through all the preseason games. We've gone through all the regular season games. We've complained about officiating. We've complained about travel. We've complained about, you know, just all kinds of things that have happened throughout this season. Turf's, turf on the field. Turf, right? absolutely. Yes. And, you know, it just – in a flash, it's gone. we've gone through we've gone through the playoffs, and, and now we're here at the last game. Um, it, I don't know; it's it just too fast. And you know, I'm not try, I'm not trying to flip this on any type of psychological type type thing or anything. But you know, this is this is something for all of us to realize how fast life is, right? How fast it goes, um, and so make sure you do all that you can do uh, with the time that you have. With that being said, though, with this now being the last game, uh, we've kind of, you know, hit on some points, you know, the good, the bad, talking about the matchup, talking about the quarterbacks. Um, you know, certainly you, you've you put some emphasis to the uh, battle in the trenches, right, which any and every game is always yep. one up front. Yeah, so, I mean, you nailed it there. Let's start breaking out some real predictions. What do you, what, what do you have? I got the Kansas City Chiefs 17-13. You're only doing that because you live in the area. So there's only two teams that I will not root for in the AFC in the Super Bowl, and that's Miami and New England. I am an AFC guy, so I will root for an AFC team. Except for those two teams. That is not the question. Who do you think is going to win? Not who you're rooting for. Well, I, I, who I'm going to root for is who I'm going to say is going to win. 17-13, Kansas City. You know, credibility of this podcast has just gone downhill. What, because you think the other team's going to win? Let, <laughs> so let, I don't let, agree let, with you? Let me re- <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't understand. Somebody help me out here with this. What do you mean? <laughs> I, I, ha- I have got to restore credibility to this podcast. So when the, when the Kansas City Chiefs win 17-13, on next week's show, you're going to say I was wrong and you were right? Yeah, yes, you're going to hear me say I was wrong in a few minutes. So, <laughs> yes, yes, I, I will, right? I'm not afraid, right? I'm not afraid. But what I will say is when when I look at everything, the, the Chiefs, they've had a good ride, right? And, and I mentioned it earlier. Uh, that ride's not over. Yeah. That ride's not I, over. I, I, I will give Bucker – Two field goals. 
I will give the Chiefs two touchdowns, one to Kelsey, one to Pacheco. However, I'm going to give Christian McCaffrey two touchdowns, Kittles one, Brandon uh, Ayuk will get one, and they will kick a field goal. 31-20? 31-20-49ers. That's right. Wow, you're going high scoring. I, I just don't see yeah. the high scoring. And Kyle Shanahan will get out of his own way in the Super Bowl so he doesn't blow it. But I do think I think it'll be I think it'll be over early. Um, I think that they will be. Yeah, I think they'll put up the points. I think the Chiefs are going to put up some points late to try to catch up. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, thirty-one twenty is what I have. Uh, sorry, Chiefs fans. So, sorry, Ken. I sorry. <laughs> um, They're non-believers. They it, don't believe that Superman who's. They said every game this this postseason, oh, they're going to lose. They won every postseason game. They won two on the road. They said it couldn't be done. They won two on the road. And you're going to take the guy that wins and say he can't do it. And not only that can't win, we're going to lose by 11? Yeah. Yep. I hope you're not betting out on Vegas. I need to. Yeah, unfortunately, you just want to give your money away. Unfortunately, we're not, we're not sponsored by any of the uh, betting sites, so we will not mention any of those right, betting right. sites until you come to us, baby, and, and say, "Yeah." Then we can proudly say this show is being sponsored by yeah. insert name here. Anyways, anyways, uh, I do. You know, I can't wait for it. I the one thing I will say about Super Bowls is we start to or big games, exhibition games. Um, I just saw something and I'm going to have to show you because we, we do like to include you. Yeah. You, you know, I, how you're going to disagree right now. Yes. Maybe not of all time right now. He's got to play longer. Current, he's, current day. Current, current day. Yeah. Current active quarterbacks. He's the best out there. Yeah. yeah. By far. Oh, so some somebody got their feelings hurt. That that that's okay. You you know, sticks and stones may break my bones. It's <laughs> never hurt me. Hey, yeah, again, credibility loss when you make statements like that. But well, we'll see where they end up in the in the MVP voting. All right. Well, uh, well, jo- Johnny. All right, you you've restored yourself. You, you Johnny. Jo- come on, Johnny. Really? Really, Johnny? Very very good. Very good. Um, commercials. I want to talk about commercials before before we segue off. I'm so disappointed in commercials. Weak. Weak. There was a time, and, and this came up. Oh, uh, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. Oh, wait, wait. Before you get into it, did you hear that uh, Carl Weathers was going to be in a commercial in the Super Bowl? He was doing a commercial with Gronk. The whole field goal thing with Gronk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's part of that, and so they uh, for for um, for the family, they're not airing the original commercial out of respect for the family because Carl just passed. So they have redone. I don't know what it's going to look like, but they're redoing the commercial. Whether they're including him and doing a little bit something at the end, you know, um, you know, talking about you know him his passing or cutting him out for the family. I don't know, but I, I did hear that. Um, that okay. commercial was being amended um, to something different. 
where, where I was going with this DVD is it came up on my feed, right? To me, one of the funniest oh, Super Bowl. It's got to be the Budweiser. No. 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 It was Terry Tate, office Ooh, linebacker. The office linebacker. Yeah, second best. Yes. Yeah. It, it, came, it came up on my feed, and I was like, oh, wow. This is when Super Bowl commercials, and I will use it there, Super Bowl commercials were good, right? And then all of a sudden, there was this huge drop, and they're just garbage, right? It, you used to rather watch the commercials. Like, hurry up and go to commercial so you can see this good, you know, and it, they were all comical. I think Doritos had the most recent one that I would put in there was the Doritos commercial where the kid went into the booth, right? Told him, give me the Doritos and take in the time machine. Right. <laughs> that probably was the funniest one of late. But before, they used to all be good, right? I, I remember, I think it was Monster when Monster.com first came out. And they had the little kids that said, you know, I want to be an underachiever. I want to be overworked and underpaid, right? They just all went down the line. It was funny stuff like that. This is all gone. So I'm hoping that they can rebound, especially the amount of money that these companies are paying for these commercials. I don't want to see an Airbnb. Please do not put up Airbnb commercials because those are the worst so far. So don't put that up there, right? But we'll see. We'll see. All right, CBD, uh, we make our way from the big game, the exhibition game, however you want to call it. It's time to start looking where our teams are. And we'll, we'll be doing this. Obviously, we have one more show left in season six. And so uh, as we start to prep for season seven, when we get into season seven, it's going to be a deep dive uh, because the new season will, NFL season, new league season will be starting. Um but just to kind of look at where we are, you know, what a state of the union, if you will. So I, I will say one thing you say, you wanted me to come on here and say when I'm wrong. Well, I'll say that I'm wrong. I said that Brandon Bean was the best GM in all of football. Right? I said that what two or three years running, right? Cause Bean was able to make some great moves and bring some guys in. I was like, yes, they finally you got a GM who gets it, right? We were in what they call salary cap hell, right? They said because of Doug Whaley just put us in bad shape because of salary cap. Well, look at where we are today, Bills Mafia. Look at where we are today. We are so far over the cap that it's going to take a miracle just to be able to get to the point where you could sign your own draft picks, let alone sign free agents. And you have to be back at, at, at zero because you're in yeah. the negative by the first day of the league year, correct? That's correct. So you have less than – you have about five weeks to get the house in order. That's right. Wow. That's right. $51 million, almost $52 million over the cap. It, it, it is insane, Right. I don't want to hear about their well, there's more teams that are 60 over the cap. I don't care about them, right? Look at our house. And you have to figure out what how do you get from there? It's you're gonna have to make some tough decisions. Tough decisions. Because there's some names that need to be let go. There's some fan favorites that need to be let go. 
There's some contract restructuring, right? This league is really predicated on the first five years of a quarterback. Because once that quarterback hits, you know, that fifth year around that fifth year, that's when, you know, they, they move into that territory of 40, 50 million per, right? And it's soaking up that cap. cap. Yep. And you have to understand that going in, especially when you're going after that top-notch guy, that if I'm going to go here, then that means that I can't bring everybody else here, right? You look at the contracts of Von Miller, Stefan Diggs, even a Dawson Knox restructure. We were talking about this offline. Yep. The, the Dawson Knox contract, you overplayed your hand, right? Because you didn't know that you were going to get a Dalton Kincaid. You didn't know that. But if you had that much love and faith in Dawson Knox to pay him where he's now $14 million against the cap, then why would you take a Dalton Kincaid? Well, you took a Dalton Kincaid because you thought he was an upgrade over Dawson Knox. Well, if you thought he was an upgrade over Dawson Knox, then why did you spend so much money on Dawson Knox? Right? You can't, you can't have both. You, you just can't. And so now you can potentially have a guy, which which you had this year, a guy who's either hurt or sitting on the bench chewing up $14 million off, right. off of your cap. But but in, fa- in fairness to where you're at, 40% of your problem is going to be fixed by restructuring Josh Allen's contract because you can do that with the quarterback right now because he's going to play so many more years in the NFL. That's right, Joey. That, that, that's right. Now, to, to that point, to, to that point, you you didn't know that Kincaid was going to fall to you. But again, when he did, you didn't have to take him. But you took him because you said he's better than what you have at home. That's why you took him. Could you, can you, in turn this offseason, think of having two tight ends going out making more like a, a hybrid wide receiver type in Kincaid because the likelihood of Gabe Davis coming back after what I saw in the last game when he was getting it in with the fans, I don't think he's coming back after that exchange with the fans, um, which I thought, I got to be honest with you, was a little off by the fans. The guy's got a, a hurt PCL. He cannot physically play, and you're trashing the guy. I, I, I didn't understand. I was confused by it when I saw it. Um uh, trashing them, and, and maybe they were just frustrated with the outcome of the loss, and they vented on poor Gabe Davis. I don't know. I can't speak to the fans that what they said, but could you see that more of uh, Knox being a traditional tight end, and and Kincaid moving a little bit maybe out to the outside, um, and and maybe that solves your number two wide receiver issue if you let Gabe go. I don't know. I, I don't think he, I don't think he goes to the outside, but you know certainly have the opportunity for him to go to the slot. I, I would agree with you, right? Okay. Uh, that that's where they start. You know, you get these guys want to talk about eleven and twelve personnel. Can can you run uh, with a two tight end set, but really have that tight end be your slot receiver? You absolutely can, right? You absolutely can. Um, you know, Joey, I. I Typically, don't put up things where where you have uh, the profanity in there. But I wanted to put that up there because I vehemently agree, and I hear that all the time. Right? I don't include you in the in the group that I'm going to talk to Stevie D about. 
DVD, you mentioned the fans that were saying things to uh, Gabe Davis on the on the field. You have a segment that is Bills Mafia, right? Diehard Bills fans love the Bills, will be critical at times, but still love the Bills. Then you have those that are on the outside that really aren't Bills fans, but it's the vogue thing to say that I'm part of Bills Mafia, right? They think that slapping a sticker on the back of their car makes them Bills Mafia. Putting a flag on their car that makes them Bills Mafia. No, that is not. And those are the idiots that are in the fans that are yelling at the player. Who's hurt? Who can't do anything? Those are the players that's yelling at the player last year who was hurt with a bum wheel, right? He had something with with the ankle. Still going out there playing, playing, not being able to play at 100%, but still going after him. Those are the same ones the year before that said that he was the greatest thing since sliced bread when he lit up the Kansas city chiefs for eight for 200 and four touchdowns, right? Those are the same ones that wanted to, after they cursed him, right. Uh, with his bad ankle, when he goes for, I think it was four for one eighty against Pittsburgh going 99 to the house, catching it over Mika Fitzpatrick and going and going all the way to the house. Those are the ones that all oh, gave Davis this. Yes, he has been inconsistent. I, I will absolutely say that, right? But all of our wide receivers have been inconsistent. Diggs has been inconsistent. Allen has been inconsistent, right? The only consistent player that we saw this year on the field really was Ed Oliver. But all the rest of them have been inconsistent. So you can't pick out, pick and choose. And that's what those radio heads, Stevie D, who I talk about all the right, time, yeah, yeah. You do. that really get to me, right? Because they're they are completely at odds against Gabe Davis. But let me tell you something. Gabe Davis had some massive games for us this year that helped propel us from that six and six. It took us into the playoffs, but they forget about that. There are other things that Davis has done that has helped other teammates. Gabe Davis isn't being cursed by the, by his teammates. Gabe Davis isn't being cursed by the coaching staff because they see the things we and, I, and I'm not even going to say we. People only see what they want to see and what they hear. And then all of a sudden they take their opinions and they go off on that tangent. Gabe Davis has been a solid player for the Bills. Now, I will say this. Do I think we can upgrade? Absolutely. Should we upgrade? Absolutely. Right? I need a better route runner. And I need somebody that can take it over the top of the secondary. That's what I need. But if I can still keep Gabe Davis, which I can't because of salary requirements, but if I could, I absolutely would. So it, th- those are the things that really bug me on that, DVD. The guy has given it to us, and t- for the fans to go at him like that, I, I don't want yeah, to hear that. I, I, just, um, I just thought the way they went after, like like you said, he's played inconsistent. I'm not a Buffalo guy, you know, but I, I know enough – to see his play that he's played inconsistent. Obviously him and Josh Allen weren't on, on the same page on a couple of routes. Whose fault that is. I I don't know. Um, Typically I think the quarterback is more on the right than the wide receiver, but I could be wrong. Um, And I just thought it was for the fans to yell at a player that was hurt. Right. I mean, 24. Wow. He's that young. Yeah. Third year in the league. Okay, he's still young. He's still a baby, right? That, that that can learn. I mean, if you everybody remembers Jerry Rice's rookie year, 
it was atrocious. They thought they were gonna, he was going to get cut the way he was dropping passes his rookie year. So, um, you know, I just thought it was odd to see the fans do that. Yeah, it. it you, you know, I again once I, I say it again, and it's with everything. You you have that small group, right? And then once you expand beyond that small group. Who, who knows what you get, right? Everybody wants to carry the flag. You, you can buy it on Amazon, something that says Bill's Mafia. They're like, ah, oh, let me put that on. Let everybody know I'm Bill's Mafia. They have no clue. They don't know the pain to truly be Bill's Mafia, right? Yeah. There, there's a certain level of pain. How, <laughs> how, how, and, and you know it as a Jets fan as well, right? Mm-hmm. We, we go back, right? And going back, we understand the highs and the lows that we've been through, you know, to try, and that's why, when ultimately, when either one of our teams win that championship, what it's going to mean, right? It, it's it's all of that suffering and all of that pain, but we're true to it, right? You're, you're part of of Jets. I don't know Jets Nation or I, Jets I don't Nation. know. Yeah, take flight, but but you're part of that, right? Because you are part of that core, right? I'm part of, you know, whether they want to call it Bill's Mafia or Bill's Fandom or whatever, I'm part of that because I've been to that, right? I still have the souvenir coin for when they opened up Rich Stadium and followed all the way through, right? I've gone through the pain and, you know, everyone wants to laugh and joke about, you know, when we were in 25, 26, 27, 28, right? Yeah, we didn't, we didn't get it done. And it was painful each and every time. Right. I was painful through the three and 13 year that turned into Mike Williams. You're thinking you're going to get this great tackle and you get this bum out of Texas who we never should have drafted. Right. I've been through that, been through through sexy Rex coming out wearing, you know, the helmet because we got CJ Spiller. Been through that, been through Sean McDermott talking about, you know, you have to trust the process. Right. Been through all of that. Right. That's the pain, the highs and the lows. Not not the Johnny come latelys, right? Not all these ta- jumping on the bandwagon like we saw with the Lions fans this year, right? That that's that when you're the true fan, that's what it really means. So, you know, anyways, anyways, DVD. Uh, the first thing to talk about, and you know, we'll move over to the Jets now. Is is the salary cap struggles, and you know, again, Brandon Bean said that he was going to do, you know, a lot for the team and take us out of. The, the doldrums of, from the salary cap left over by Doug Whaley, well, all you did was just kind of turn the numbers a little yeah. bit, and we're right back in it. Right, but but in, in fairness, he, he's created a three-year window where realistically you were considered a top three team in the AFC for the last three, three years, at least the last three years, right? Sure. So he's definitely built the opportunity for you guys to bring the Lombardi home. It just hasn't worked out. But it's like anything else, you do have to watch how you manage that money. And to be minus fifty-one to start the league year, right before you start the league year, you have to you have to shave fifty-one million. And that's not the guys that are unrestricted free agents, people that you know that played with the Bills last year that no longer have ties to the Bills because they're free agents. Those numbers don't count. It's the players that are under contract. Your fifty-one million. But again, Josh Allen will restructure his deal. He'll get you'll get forty percent of that fifty-one to so twenty-two million thereabouts off a restructured deal, and that's a huge help on that one. 
I just don't know. You know your team better. I don't know. You can't restructure Von Miller at 34 years old, right? How, how do you do that? Like, you can't push that money out even further to give you cap relief this year, right? Like, so, so what you're, what you're going to have to do at some point, right? We talked about kicking the can, right? Do you continue to kick the can or do you say, okay, we made a push, right? And we knew what we were up against. And this is, this is the result. This is where we are, right? Look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? They said, we're going all in. They pushed all the chips in the center of the table. We're all in. It doesn't matter what happens. Last year, or coming into this year, I think it was coming into coming into twenty three. Yep, they they were fifty one, fifty. I think they were Four, 50, 54. 54 million dollars over the cap, and they said they had some tough decisions to make, right? And they gutted it. The Bills are are at that point where there had, needs to be good talent evaluation to understand who is the core, the young core, who is the veteran core. And then if you don't fall on that side of the list, you have to go, right? You have to go. If you look at a Von Miller, when do you let the Von Millers go? You're going to have to let him go after June 1st. He would have to be a June 1st casualty. You have to look at a Stefan Diggs, right? I like Steph Diggs. But you have to wonder at, at what point does it not become fiscally responsible to keep Steph Diggs on the team? You look at coming out of college, and, and you just look at the the way the game is is just evolving, right? You got these kids that are wide receivers; they're that's what they're trained at now. The kids weren't trained at wide receiver before. Running backs are moving to the wide receiver position, right? Tackles are moving to tight ends. Tight ends are moving to wide receivers. So there is a bountiful load of wide receivers that are coming in the draft. They may not be. Uh, you know, a first-round pick, right? That's fine. You can find him in the second and third, right? You, you look at uh, Nakua for the Rams, right? He wasn't. He right. they they found him, right? Set all kinds of records, all kinds of numbers. There are guys out there, but what it means is that you're going to have to strengthen your scouting so that you are hitting not on two of five or two of seven that you're hitting on four of five or four or seven in the draft that you're picking up these guys that are the undrafted free agents and you're not treating them as that they're just a practice body, but you're giving them a legitimate shot, right? We had a legitimate wide receiver that we let go to, uh, to the giants in Hodgkins, right? We, he was legitimate there. You had Khalil Shakir that we had buried on the depth chart. These guys have got to start playing. They play for you on the cheap, and they can put numbers up, right? That's where Bean and his staff has got to find the players. McDermott and his staff has got to trust the coach players and coach them up so that they're out there. You don't have to always get – the guy that's number one on the board. Again, we talked about this with the 49ers with Purdy, right? If you wanted to say because he was Mr. Irrelevant that he's not a quarterback in this league, he wouldn't be playing on this coming Sunday. So look, there, know, there's studs all over a draft. There right? are you can find running backs late, you can find wide receivers late, linemen. You don't it always doesn't have to be a first round. And, and some may say 
the best are the middle round players, the ones that develop, uh, that have time to develop in the NFL because they're not rushed to the to the starting. So they have a year or two to develop, uh, um, you know, back behind some other starters. And so they're ready to go. You know, but Ken's comment about Pacheco is, you know, you know, you know, what, seventh rounder. So, um, yeah. So, you know, uh, I think you guys have some work. You know, it's interesting. Do you move on from Stefan Diggs? Do you try and trade him? What can you get from him? I don't know what the trade penalty is by trading him. And what does that mean for your cap? Do you get a little bit of relief? Do you, can you get a lot of relief from that? Is that the right move to, to trade Stefan Diggs? I, man, I, I tell you, like you said, your GM's got a lot of work to do. But Terry Pagula and his wife, uh, Kim, they have a lot of internal talks they have to have of what are they trying to do? Is it we're going to kick the can because we feel like we can make the Super Bowl run here in, in, in 24? Or are you looking long-term success for the franchise where you do a, a soft reset, not a hard reset, a little bit of a soft reset because you're going to have to pay the penalty this year, but then it gives you that long, you know, again, that next five years of salary cap relief because you, you took it this, you took it this year. You took you, you took your bullets. I don't know. Well, I don't know what the right well, answer is. Well, while you have Josh Allen still under center and still running around, right, like he does, your window is not closed, Man. right? But with the with the way the salary cap is, it's forcing that window to close, right? So what you have to do, and, and what the talks that should be held had at one Bill's drive, they they should be looking around the league. And seeing how certain teams maintain the success, go in with a couple key free agents, but are able to still maintain that level of success, right? And i.e., you look, you look at what Baltimore's done. You look at what Kansas City has done. There, there's some other teams out there, right? That that are up against it. Now, you look at what Kansas City did. How, how did they relieve themselves? They they looked at Tariq Hill and they said. Nope, we're not going to do it, right? I know you want that much money. You, you've been an integral part to this team and this franchise. We're not going to do it. Right? And look what they got. They got a Super Bowl victory without them, and they're back in the Super Bowl without them. You have to look at that, right? They have Rice, who, who is destined to be a superstar, and they know they have to address the wide receiver position, right? They thought Sky Moore was going to be something. He he didn't pan out, but um, – they know they know they have to address it, but they're still there. You have to find that core. What's that core for Buffalo? And that's what they're gonna have to figure out. Is that core Josh and Dalton Kincaid? Right? Maybe, maybe that maybe Kincaid is the Travis Kelsey for the Buffalo Bills. Right? I don't know. Um, you have to look at Khalil Shakir. He has put up some really good eye-popping numbers, right? When for the stat guys, but all he has shown me is that he is a guy that's determined to be in the league. Maybe he is, and follow me here, maybe he is the Pacheco for the Buffalo Bills, right? Because when you watch Pacheco run, he just runs angry, right? He, he runs yeah. like, listen, I, I every day I am fighting to make sure that I get my spot. And maybe it's just like Ken said, maybe it's because he's a seventh-round pick. He feels as though he is constantly have to prove himself on the field. Well, maybe the same thing goes for uh, Khalil Shakir because you look at him, not that he runs angry, but he has that level of determination where he won't be stopped. What you saw in the playoff game where, you know, he was able to spin out of a tackle, almost go down. 
that wasn't the first time that we've seen that as, as a Bills fan. We've seen that in previous games. He has that that level of determination. So maybe he's that for the Bills. Again, if you start to focus on some of the key players. And you got Cook. And you got Cook who's so young, right? And, That's and not making any money. You do. So, you know, there, there's opportunities. And what I will say, Stevie D, we're going to talk more about this, you know, definitely as we head into the new season. We'll probably start to see where some of the numbers lie. Uh, but why don't you talk about your Jets? You know, I'm going to start ah. this one off. What's that? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? You know, I mean, I, what more can I say there, Vince, right? I mean, we started off with the hopes of playoffs, right? And, and it didn't work out. And and so when I look into into the offseason in 24, we're looking at about we're eight million under, a little under eight million under the cap. So we're gonna have to restructure some contracts, which is always a dangerous game. We talked about it with the Buffalo Bills kicking a can down the road. So you have to worry about that. But my, my biggest thing, and, and Johnny, you know, I'm sure if you're still out there, um it, it comes down to the coaching staff. I, I don't have confidence in the coaching staff to be able to lead this team um, to the playoffs um, and ultimately to, to the destiny of a Super Bowl, I just, I don't, I don't see it out of Robert Sala and, and Hackett. And it just goes to show you the dysfunction uh, within the jets, right? Because what we heard at the end of the season was, well, you know what we're going to do? We are going to, um, we're going to retain all our coaches and everybody's up in opera. I know I was Johnny. I know you were right. And, and then all of a sudden, about 10 days ago, you start hearing, well, the running backs coach is getting replaced. He's getting let go. And then the wide receivers coach is getting replaced. And, and, and they signed um, uh, Sean Jefferson um, back to the Jets. He was a wide receiver coach uh, under the Adam Gase era. And then all of a sudden, that's right, um, right? And then all of a sudden, we start hearing, that they're stripping certain duties of Nathaniel Hackett. And they're going to a more collaborative offensive mindset of where they're going to allow the quarterback coach or the game coordinator, passing game coordinator, more access to help Hackett call plays. Does that mean Aaron Rodgers in conversations with Woody Johnson, right? I'm speculating, my opinion only, I have no proof. Did he go to Woody Johnson saying, look, I think I need to have a little bit of flexibility in calling plays, right? So Aaron, being Aaron, wants to be more involved in that fashion. And to me, the sin of it all, the true sin of it all, is if you're, if you're taking duties away from Nathaniel Hackett, then you're already shown that he's not able to coach for the New York Jets. Not just a play caller. He's just not an offensive coach, right? Maybe he can play Madden and he can do well at playing calls in Madden and letting the, the, the computer execute the play. But when it comes to an actual game, he can't do it. He's awful. So by just announcing what you announced with, with Hackett, why is he still on coaching staff? And don't tell me for Aaron Rodgers right now. I can't I, – I can't – Yes, I know they're friends, but I, I can't I can't see Aaron Rodgers after seeing the play call and saying that's my guy, right? So maybe Aaron Rodgers is gonna you know just have to deal with what 
what he right reap what he sowed, and and that is he wanted Hackett, and now he's stuck with him. Because I, I just don't know what anybody in that jet locker room sees. And look, it's all coming out. The Athletic had a damning, damning article on the Jets and a dysfunction. Right? I think you saw it a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> he can't hack it. He can't. But that article that came out, it was damning. Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, the frustrations. Where do you think that frustration is coming from? I think it's all starting to, you know, you know, when 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 this started months ago, right? It was like a big, you know, one thousand piece puzzle set, and you're trying to figure it out where, where the puzzle pieces go, right? And then all of a sudden, it's later in the year, and it's getting a little bit clearer. Now in the offseason, it's very clear. Everybody was upset at Hackett. Hackett is the is the problem. So, Bree, there were actual names that were tied to it. No. But you can tell by what Brees was saying in his tweets and Garrett Wilson, what he was saying in his tweets, the frustration is with the play calling and their frustration. And, and so now all of a sudden you're making changes with Hackett, who we all thought was untouchable. The, at the end of the day, why are you keeping him? For Aaron Rodgers? The, guy, the, the guy's worse than his father. And I thought that was impossible to be worse than Paul Hackett. Just it's mind blowing. That's why I, you know, I started off with the Jim Mora one. It, you, playoffs, really? Like, I, I, I don't. I've always said, in order for you to be the king of the AFC, you have to knock you off the top, right? So first and foremost, in the AFC East, the Bills are the champs until they're not. I don't care what your off season is, you're the champs until somebody can put it together to knock you off. And right now, I can't see the Jets knocking off. The Buffalo Bills. I can't see it. I don't care. We got to see, uh, is Joe D going to invest in the line properly? Is he going to sign the right guys? I mean, I heard somebody saying, God, what was that left tackle's name? Uh, there was a left tackle somebody brought up the other day. You guys always hurt. Oh, but Bacchieri is going to get cut by the Packers. That's who it was. David. Bo People say, oh, the Jets got to sign Bacchieri. Yeah, he knows Rodgers and he would be perfect left tackle. For what? For them to be sitting on injury reserve? That he sat in the last four years of his career, he's been on injured reserve. I, I, I can't, I can't sign these bottom feeders that are always hurt. I need linemen that I can plug in and play. One of the things that made the Buffalo Bills, I know you had your struggles a little bit offensively, but when you look at the end of the numbers, your quarterback had forty-eight hundred total yards. Right, you had over fifty touchdowns scored. What's the big reason why? Not one offensive lineman missed a game. All your starters played every game, all 17 games. You cannot be, you cannot be, you can't have your left tackle out, your right tackle out, your guard, your center. You can't have all those, your starters out for the year and think you're going to be successful. Your twos are only good for a point. And then all of a sudden your twos start getting hurt and then you got your three. You're talking about the offensive line, Right. I'm not killing Dwayne Brown, but Dwayne Brown had no business playing left tackle to start the year. And we all saw it. He didn't play in preseason. He was so slow in those those, those first couple of weeks against Buffalo and then Dallas. And then we never heard from him again because he went out injured, right? It, but that's the sad truth. He was too old and slow to be playing. He shouldn't have been out there, right? And at the end of the day, until the Jets address the offensive line properly, not with little Band-Aids, right, not with little Band-Aids, they have to address the line and get guys that have 
that are known for durability. Not, I'm going to take a chance on this guy because I can get him on the cheap and hope and pray he's going to stay healthy. It doesn't work. It does not work. We've seen this with the Jets ever since Nick Mangold and DeBrickishaw Ferguson retired. We've had no stability on the offensive line once the, once those guys were gone. Who do you have coming back? Um, it's Vera Tucker off injury. He'll pay guard. Uh, Tipman, the who will be a second year starter. He'll be our starting center. He and was then okay this year. He was very good as a, as a rookie, but he was not a starter. He was on the bench. He only got in because there was injuries, and then they had to put him in the right guard um, um, when when the injuries started happening. But we all know he's going to be a starter in the league. It was just he just wasn't ready week one. Um, so you got you have Vera Tucker at right guard. You got Tipman at center, and you got Lakeland Tomlinson, who as Jeff fans know. Well, I can't say because it, it, the, the the term I, the phrase I want to say. He's as useful as on a bill, right? That's Lakeland Tomlinson because he's horrible at run blocking and he's horrible at pass blocking. But we got him from the 49ers. The one guy that stayed healthy <laughs> is this guy, right? He's played like every snap for the Jets. And he's been the worst lineman. But, right, so we got to fill the right tackle and we got to fill the left tackle, right? And then you got to hope everybody else in between can stay healthy. And has somewhat semblance on the line. The Jets had the most offensive line combinations all year. And at the end of the day, it's not an excuse. At the end of the day, it just helps explains why your offense was as bad as they were. And it couple it with an offensive play caller that's atrocious. It, Max Mitchell is coming back. And it's a good point, Johnny. And I like Max Mitchell, Max Mitchell as a rookie. And then he had the um, the uh, blood clot issues. And he's not he hasn't been the same player since. I mean, he got he got ridden out 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 of town this this year uh, because he stunk so bad at, at right tackle. So maybe he can get his stuff together um, in, in the offseason. But you know, at the end of the day, with the Jets, you know, how I'm would, tired of saying that. How, how would you grade out Mackay Becton? A D. Either this year, as his play this year, just, just this year. Oh, uh, it, it's 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 between a D and an F. I don't even know if it's a D minus. You led the league in penalties. Um, you led the league in sacks given up as a left tackle. And and you put those two together. I, I don't even know. I think it's got to be considered an F. The only thing that he had going for him, he only missed one game, which was a miracle in itself because he's been hurt, you know, the last two and a half years. So um, to, to get a full year out of him was great for him, but he, he was a disaster at left tackle, which is the most important position right on the offensive line is the blind side, right? I mean, we have tape of, of linemen, four linemen standing there and Zach Wilson running for his life, uh, run, uh, rolling out to his right. And yet four guys standing there like, how is that possible? You guys are here. And then all the other linemen for the Dolphins are chasing Zach Wilson. Like, are, are you kidding me? It was just, it was getting comical there at the end uh, and not a good comical. And so at the end of the day, you, you have to fix the line problem. And then what's the other thing you have to address? wide receivers were one of the worst groups outside of Garrett Wilson in the league, right? Alan Zard gave you absolutely nothing. Um, Randall Cobb gave you absolutely nothing, right? Um, uh, a tight end, uh, uh, C.J. Uzama killed us. Tyler, Tyler Conklin was was a bright spot, right? He yeah. he really showed his pass-catching skills. Um, I really like Tyler Conklin. But C.J., again, we kicked the can down on the road for C.J. Uzama this year in 23, so 
he's gone, but we're going to have the dead money that you're going to deal with, but they're not going to keep him because Rucker, it's, it's ready to step up the tight end at Ohio state. Um, that's a local kid on long Island. So he's going to step up as tight end number two this year. So again, it's, it's, you got to get weapons for, for Rogers and you gotta, you gotta fix that old line. And, um, and it's curious to see how they're going to start it in free agency. Are they going to try and fix the old line altogether on free agency and leave the draft to find that wide receiver with your 10th pick? Um, or are you going to, um, you know, and then figure out what other um, fill-in players you need, whether it's a safety or uh, more linemen, uh, secondary linemen, or, or, you know, start looking to replace maybe a C.J. Mosley, maybe not this year, but get draft his heir apparent in the third round or something like that. Uh, so uh, backup quarterback, yeah, it is a need, right? Uh, it's not going to be Zach. Let, let, let me ask you, <clears throat> let me ask you, and so when you say backup quarterback, right, you, you can find a backup quarterback yeah. off mm-hmm. the heap, right? But do you draft a kid in the third round to be the heir apparent? Well, the, the question is, can you find the guy that you believe could be the heir apparent, right? It, it would have to be later, right? It would have to be later um, in the draft. I wouldn't have a problem with them drafting a quarterback in the third or fourth round. I really wouldn't. Um, you know, who, who are you going to get to play backup quarterback, right? The question is, is though, if you draft that kid and Aaron Rodgers get hurt, is that the guy you're rolling with? No, you can't. So you have to sign somebody that you can roll with. If Aaron's forty, right? You know it. I'm not telling you. You don't know. He's forty. Yeah. He. If we don't fix that line, the likelihood of getting hurt, yeah, it's pretty darn hard. If we don't, if we don't fix that line, and, and get stable players in there. So, um, I, I think they're going to go out and sign a QB. But I wouldn't have a problem with them drafting a QB later, and letting him sit for two years behind Aaron Rodgers and let him soak it all in. I, w- I wouldn't have a problem with that. So, but at the end of the year, again, we're going to take it all in stride. The whole biggest thing is, it's our coaching staff. I don't believe in it. I said it earlier. I think Sala is not a good football coach. Um, he doesn't hold players accountable. He doesn't coach the whole team. He coaches the defense. I don't see him getting involved in the play, play, the playbook or the game plan with our offense. And as a coach, you should be. Because you know what you're playing, and you know what field turf you're playing on, what the weather conditions are, right? There was inexcusable on how there was games that were throwing the ball 70% or more with a quarterback you didn't believe in, with no wide receiver help. But yet I have Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook that would get nine touches total in the game. How is that even possible, right? You should be fired on the spot for just stupidity right there. I, it, it's, it's, it's beyond mind-blowing. That, that our owner can sit there and be snowballed by Joe Douglas or Robert Sala to say, well, yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. Because if I'm the owner, I'm saying to myself, and I go back to that that Raider game. They were up 9-3 at halftime. We lose 16-12. to 12. We can't score. We're kicking field goals. And he throws uh, – uh, Wilson's throwing 72% of the time. I, I, got, I, got, I got Cook and Hall ready to go. And you don't even use them in the second half. Don't even use them. I'm just going to throw the ball in the second half. I, don't, I just don't know. And as a head coach, I don't know how you sit there and let the play call go in, play after play after play. I, it's mind-blowing to me. You're the man in charge. You can't stand up to your offensive coordinator and say, Hack, what the heck are you doing? 
Are you kidding me? Seriously, I, I it's it's mind blowing to me. And 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 if that's who we're rolling with in twenty four, I, I can't see us taking that next step. I don't care if God Himself is playing quarterback. Seriously, if that guy's calling the place, he's useless. Oh, I didn't know what we had in Brees Hall. How do you say that at the end of the year? I didn't know what right. we had in Brees Hall. Before I start cursing up a storm, I it's think we better move it's on. A, it's okay. It's okay. All right, Stevie D. As we've said that the you know we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. As we said, lo- love the chatter, love the, the the comments, Ken, John, Joey. You know all, all that. It's all fun. It's all good talk. But we're winding this down. Just remember thirty-one twenty. That's all. That's that's all I got to say. Thirty-one twenty. Uh, if you want to go ahead and place your bets now, you're in good shape. Thirty-one twenty. Uh, but we're we're going to wrap this season up next week, um, and you know we'll have a little recap and you know kind of talk about some of the fun things that we're going to have uh, during the off season, if you will. Um, and you know, leading up to the draft, we're going to have a draft show. We're going to have free agency show. Uh, we're also going to do our top 10 in the league, just like the NFL does their top 100. We're going to break down by position, do, excuse me, do our top 10. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, this the the joys of a live show, man. <laughs> this is all Toronto. I, I want you to know this is all Toronto. Thank you, Toronto. Um, but, um, yeah, we'll do our top 10 uh, from our top 10 um you know, there, there's some other things that we'll have planned. Definitely talk about the Hall of Fame. Um, oh, look at that. Look at that. that, that it's actually spelled B-I-L-L-I-E-V-E. Bill. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. D. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So, but uh, definitely check us out on our website. Um which is owsports.net. You can check us out on any one of our social uh, platforms, um, Twitter, X, Stevie D. I, I forget all of them now. Instagram. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I, definitely I'm, check us out. Also, one of, the, one of the interesting things, Stevie D, again, going back to this whole Toronto trip, right? Talking to some of the people there in Toronto, there was actually – there was one person I met in Toronto that knew about OW Sports and they listened to OW Sports on Spotify. I was like, huh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, um, you know, we we do we have one guy in France. Right. We have one guy in Canada. We have one right. guy in Switzerland. So so we're growing across yeah. the borders without yeah. borders, without walls. Yeah. OW Sports is here for you. We got Remy, Remy in France, Sebastian. Um in France, we have Matt in Switzerland. I don't know the guy's name in Canada. So, yeah. Oh, you don't know it. <laughs> but it is. It is. We are international. We are truly international. So that that, that was really cool. That was really yeah. cool. But yeah, if you, if you want to listen to the podcast, of course you can watch it on YouTube. But you know we're also audio options, Spotify, Apple podcast google podcast or you know we're we're all over the place so it's it's fun and we're growing and next year is going to be a little changes we're excited about some of the changes 
uh, and we hope that you will be as well. So for my co-host, Stevie D, I'm Vince. We'll talk to you soon.